Well, I'm so excited that you're here to join me for Voice of Breakthrough, this podcast. Podcast. So we are going to hit some powerful topics. Every single week, we will be having a new podcast with a new topic. So get ready. I'm telling you, this is great to exercise to. This is powerful to uh, listen to when you're cleaning your house or cooking that dinner or cutting the grass, which you could turn up loud on your, you know, your, your little iPhone or whatever you have there. Anyway, you're going to love this powerful, life-changing, every single week podcast of Voice of Breakthrough. to this because if you keep grabbing things intellectually it does nothing the carnal mind is an enemy to the things of the spirit the carnal mind is an enemy to the things of the spirit i have to believe first with my heart not my brain if i only believe with my brain what's it called pretended faith it's pretended faith that doesn't work your brain can't do anything i mean it can think hopefully but it can't, it can't make anything move. It can't, it can't make cancer bow its knee. It can't make uh, relationships get healed. Amen. Your brain is not in charge. When you became born again, what became born again? Your spirit. What does it mean to be born again? The very spirit of the living God that raised Jesus Christ from the dead came and lives inside of you. How many believe that? Well, you can only believe that with your heart. Your brain can't believe that. How could your brain believe that? That sounds ridiculous. God lived inside of me. No, to believe that, you have to believe with your heart. You can only get saved by believing with your heart. And then what do you do with your brain? You confess it with your mouth. Your mouth isn't going to confess anything until your brain comes in agreement with your heart, which is now in agreement with your spirit, which is in agreement with God. The mind of Christ resides in your spirit. I have the mind of Christ. I want to say, I have the mind of Christ. Now, if you're born again, you do have the mind of Christ. Amen. Now, can you believe in your heart that you have the mind of Christ? Okay. Are y'all getting this? Your believing has to come from your heart, not your head. But your heart's real. It's not a made up place. Amen. Your heart's real. Your spirit is real. Your soul is real. Amen. You know your intellect is not your soul. Your intellect works within your soul. But it's an enemy of your spirit mind. How is it an enemy to your spirit mind? When it goes ahead of what God says and it determines what you believe. Because then you believe in your brain and it has nothing to do with believing in your heart. Amen? That's why faith is the substance of things hoped for, earnestly expect, based on the word of God, based on who he is, what he's promised, but not yet seen. By the time you see it, you don't need faith anymore. Because it's done. It never gets done until you see it with your heart. It's called vision. So you have to see yourself free. You have to see yourself healed. I had to see my son. Blood numbers go up. Like the Lord would wake me up every morning. His blood, his blood levels at one time were like um, 
whatever the number is that's supposed to be uh, about 12, his was three. Like he shouldn't even been able to walk hardly. But every time I'd wake up, I'd see 12. Every time we went to the doctor and they do the blood test, I'm thinking, he's going to have a 12. And he didn't for years. Sometimes it'd go up a little, then it'd go down. You can't go by sight. I had to see a 12. I had to see him six feet tall. The doctors told me he would never get over four feet tall. I wouldn't agree with that. I would look at his dad who's six feet tall and say, God, you made this child to be the same height as his dad. He's going to be that tall. He went off to college, you guys, this tall. He, he grew like two feet in college, almost over a foot and a half in college. When people usually quit growing. I wasn't going to quit believing because he hit an age when they said, well, this is how tall he's going to be. Amen. No, I said, no, I believe he's going to be uh, six feet tall. My other son's like, well, why didn't you believe that for me? Because he's only 5'8". Maybe 5'7". And I said, well, because you're the height you're supposed to be. The devil didn't attack you to try to make you shorter than you're supposed to be. So you are, you are the height you're supposed to be. Amen? Is this helping anybody? You can't have it till you see it. You have to see it first. If it takes 10 years to get what you see, then what else do you have to do with those 10 years? What good is it not to believe with your heart? You need to start seeing those saved, those loved ones saved. You almost have to treat them like they're saved. You have to talk to them like they're saved. You have to believe like they're saved. While you're, you know they're not yet saved, but in your heart, you know, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Amen. We will serve the Lord. And you talk to them like that, just like you talk to your body, like you believe it's healed. Okay, I'm not talking denial. Do you get the difference? Denial is when you refuse to recognize that you are in a battle. Denial is when you refuse to think that you are in spiritual warfare for a promise of God. Amen? There's a big difference in denial than faith. Well, you're going to look silly saying that stuff. Do you know how silly I look saying that stuff to those doctors for who knows, 14, 15, 16 years? Do you know how awesome it was when the doctor said to me, well, what you've been believing, it's finally happened. What part should I have given up? You don't give up till you have what he's promised you. Never. Now, I can't believe for somebody else who I don't have authority to believe for. I can pray for them. I never come against that they could get the faith. I never come against that God could move with compassion on me or someone else and bring it about. Amen. I never, ever, ever limit what God can do and how he can do it. By his grace. Amen. Because it's not up to me. Amen. It's not up to me. My part is to believe what God says. My part is to get in his word Open up my spirit ears. Amen. Open up my spiritual eyes and move in the things of the kingdom. Amen. And by faith, it's real. And I'll show you my faith by my works. What's your works? Well, raising the dead, that was a pretty cool work. Amen. See my son six feet tall and not four feet tall. That's a pretty cool work of faith. Amen. Um, 
How many more? Watching people fall off a ladder from the building, crack their head, die, and come back. That's pretty cool. And then them having x-rays later to find out they had broken their neck and they didn't know when, but God was their surgeon. That's pretty good works. Amen? Seeing somebody go in with breast cancer, get healed the first time they got prayed for, and then the doctors go in not believing it and find out, oh, there's no cancer. That's pretty good works. Amen? I want you to start getting real with this stuff. You should have works where you have faith. Amen? Works that nobody can think they did and works that nobody can ever steal what you know about God. Amen? You, it does not fake works. I don't need fake works. Amen? I don't need to pretend something happened that didn't happen. Amen? You, you can be, as, be real with as far as your faith took your works. Amen? You don't have to make stuff up. Just be real with where your works met your faith. Let's say this. Let's say you came and got prayer. You think, well, was it the person who prayed for me's faith or was it my faith? Well, you had the faith to go get prayed for. That came from God. And then if a person prayed for you and you got healed, that faith came from God. So it all goes back to who? God. And it all starts with what? Faith. And who gives us faith? God. So it all goes back to God. How good is that? Be free. It's not about you. It's about God. It's all for his glory. Everything is for his glory. Everything is so everyone can see that our God is real. Amen? It's not a competition between believers. If God does something powerful in your life, it's still to the glory of the same God. If God does something powerful in my life, it's still to the glory of the same God. Does everybody get what I'm saying? It's about God. It's not about you. I want you to say, it's about God. It's not about me. Amen? He just wants you to obey him. If, if, I, if I blindfolded somebody, okay, we'll do this. Who, who will close their eyes? And, here, you got that thing over your head. You can do a blindfold easy. All right, go stand against that wall. <laughs> All right. All right, blindfold yourself. All right, take three steps forward. Stop. Take two steps forward. I'm bad at directions. Um, <laughs> turn, turn towards the um, bathrooms. Take three steps forward. Take two steps forward. Take two more steps forward. Two more steps forward. Two more steps. Stop. All right, now... Turn towards the um, children's hall. The children. Oh, okay, yep. All right, now open your eyes. And you're almost at your seat. All right, now sit down. All right, did you get to that place? But how did you get there? By obeying instruction. Does everybody get that? He says, obedience is better than sacrifice. 
I want y'all to get this. God always comes through if we obey him. Which means humbling ourselves. Why? Why do we have to humble ourselves? Because we live pretty rebellious. We live out of a place that, that he can't honor called rebellion, right? But when I humble myself, turn from my wicked ways, seek his face, pray, go after with all my heart, he will heal our land. Amen? Does everybody, am I helping you to see how this really works? Because it looks the same. If, if you didn't hear the voice and he did that, and you didn't know there was somebody whispering in his ear what to do, you would say, oh, look, he had his eyes blindfolded. He was able to get to his seat. Not that he couldn't have, but it wasn't that hard of a challenge. But we could have made it harder. But do you see what I'm saying, though? But people couldn't tell just looking. But that's where you have to know. You have to know. I know I heard God's voice. I know I obeyed God. I know I was seeking God. I know he deserves all the glory. Amen? I, I don't think anyone gets into this particular church unless Holy Spirit brings you here. Amen? I do think some people leave, and it wasn't Holy Spirit who had them leave. And he's faithful even when we're not, so that doesn't mean they're not going to do fine. But wouldn't it be nice to be right where he wants you to be, right when he wants you to be there? I do believe there's other people left who needed to leave. Amen? Amen? It's not about, it's like, Lord, where do you want me, and what do you want me to do? Where do you want me, and what do you want me to do? Where do you want me, and what do you want me to do? And know this, everything he has for you to do is for his, do you know what glory means there? We got all these Christian words. They're cool. Christian words are good because Christ, true Christian words only apply to Christians. Only Christians can have faith. Only Christians can have salvation. Only Christians can really pray. Only Christians can have grace. Amen? So, so we have some real Christian words, and there's no way to change those. Those belong to us when we get born again. Amen? So we want to get to a place where we believe God. Where would that be in Scripture? Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and he'll take care of everything is basically what it says. He, he has a condition in there. Seek him first. Most people who are super sick or whatever happens or go through tragedy, they weren't seeking him first. They begin to seek him last. And sometimes in God's faithfulness, there was still time to turn things around, and sometimes there's not. But if you're born again, guess what? Going to heaven is not that. It's actually the reward. In scriptures, Paul says, Paul's very clear, I'd rather die and be with Christ. Well, how could you say that? Because you have faith that he's real. You have faith that heaven is awesome in your home. You have faith that he knows how to take care of every single thing that's left behind. And you just have faith that... Why would you even stay? The, reason, the only reason to stay is because you've got to glorify God. So what does this glory mean? Getting God the credit due his name. Making sure other people see how real he is. So when we say we want to get God all the glory, we want everyone to know how real he is. 
Amen. I want everyone to know how real he is. When I tell you my testimonies or my stories or the things he's done for me, especially the more he's set me free from me. Amen. I just want you to see him. Those of us who are living in these last days, amen, it's for his glory. So he's going to show off. How many want God to show off using you? And how many don't want to get into pride and think it's you and then get whammed upside the head by the devil? Amen? <laughs> you, know, you don't have to worry about it. There are, there are safeguards that you won't walk in pride for long. But if you spend time with God and humbling yourself and being sensitive to when you're starting to take credit for what only he can do. Amen? All right. So let's get into tonight's. That's just the preview. Somebody needed to hear that. Amen? You know, we teach a lot of people in other nations who don't know some of these things that we've learned. And there's actually a lot of people in the U.S. of A. who don't understand a lot of these very basic Bible truths. Amen? So I like to... Actually, I don't even try. Whatever he wants to do, we do. Amen? What he wants to say, we say. When he wants to say it, we say it. We are going to go now. And if you, didn't, if you missed last week's, please go online and find it because this is part two. Romans 11. I can't remember last week. So let me, let me just build up to this a little bit for those who weren't here or to catch us up. Last week, we were talking about rebellion. Rebellion is coming against God, not agreeing with God about whenever you don't agree with God, you're in rebellion. Whenever you live your life outside of what God has said in his word, you're in rebellion. People who do not know God or his word, they still rebel when they go against what even nature says. Amen. When, when somebody says there's no God and you can see the birds and you can see all these things that science has and all this kind of stuff, that's rebellion. How many know when they're trying to force a false science down your throat? They're trying to make our entire society rebel. The school systems have done a great job through these unions and mess to try to teach rebellious things to all of our children. Amen? So we need to get rebellion out of our hearts, stand up against rebellion, refuse to agree with rebellion. Amen? Amen? Yes. Yay, their hands are up. You guys go. We refuse to agree with rebellion. Amen? Oh, my gosh. I love it. All right. So last week we talked about that. We repented. Sunday morning, God did more, and people stood in line. I want you to see how big rebellion is. Now, when the enemy can really get into a heart the first time in a big way with rebellion, we're all born into iniquity, which is sins of our forefathers. So we're all born in a rebellious state. Amen? Okay. And when his spirit comes in and he says, now you're alive. Now you've come from death to life. Now God is living in you to destroy all the rebellion that's been placed there. Amen? That, that's what being sanctified is. God's getting rid of everything that doesn't agree with God. Every thought, everything. And with sanctification or Holy Spirit kicking out everything that doesn't belong and you're agreeing with Holy Spirit based on his word, amen? Him getting that, getting you free there, that will bring healing. When Jesus talked to some of the people, he said, do you want to be made whole? Do you want to be made whole? He doesn't just say, do you want to be healed? Being healed is a five-minute thing to God, like you get healed but you weren't made whole. Being made whole is going back and finding out why was I sick to begin with? What happened that let that happen to my body? As a believer, what happened that something could come along and happen that goes against God's word? See, when my daughter died unexpectedly to me and the tree branch went through her head, 
before the day was over, I asked the Lord, why did that happen? What, how did I miss you, God? In other words, how, where did I rebel against you? What happened? And he showed me. I showed you to break the power of this and break the power of that. And this is kind of strange. This is kind of strange. I'll see. Remember, those who know the story, I'm not going to get into it because this may go on the radio. I don't want everybody to try to figure this out. But there was a person involved who was trying to sell a product to my family. And in the process of trying to sell my family this product, they said, um, your children could die like that, so you need this life insurance. Okay. And then I've never, ever held it against that person. I never blamed that person. I knew God had showed me to break the power of those words. They did not know what they were doing, but they did operate in a spirit of greed and different things. I won't get into all that. But here's the cool thing. Do you remember our conversation last week about somebody you met at something? That's that person. I know. I couldn't believe it when I thought about it. I said, wait a minute, that's the person. I haven't even thought of that person or their name in years. And now they may be coming to talk with me. How wild is God? <laughs> I'm like, Lord, what are you up to now? Amen. God is an amazing God. He brings things full circle. But I'm like, what are you up to now, God? But then you just say, whatever you want, God. Let's just do what you want. You know what you want to do, and you know why you want to do it. He just wants us to get out of rebellion so we can enjoy him. We can enjoy the life he has for us. If he wants us to die for him for, pers- you know, for righteousness' sake, then we'll be happy to die for him, just like when Stephen got stoned to death. But if we're just being goofy and running our mouths and the devil comes and whams us, that's not very much glory to God. Amen. I want you to leave here with a heart's desire to live your life to glorify God. God wants your marriage to glorify him. He wants your raising your children to glorify him. He wants people to look at you as a parent and say, they, they just are so good at that. They must, they really love, they must really love God. Their children really love God. I was telling you guys the other day, I went to a um, a, a birthday party for a friend of mine who we were neighbors for years, like when my kids were young. And um, we went through a lot together. She was there for me. Her family was there for me when Lauren did go be with the Lord. But when she got up to share at her surprise birthday party, one of the things that really touched my heart and everybody there started crying was how she knew um, how when she first met my daughter before she met me. And that my little daughter, who was probably five at the time, went over to her house uh, for a little vacation Bible school thing. They just started a little Bible study, and she couldn't believe how much my daughter knew the Word of God. She just couldn't believe this little tiny five-year-old child knew so much about Jesus. Well, that, that showed her that I had glorified God in my child, raising up my children, my husband and I. Amen. It reveals to the world the glory of God. I don't know why we're preaching this because he wants y'all to get this. How you treat your children isn't about you and what you think is right and how it's going to affect you. It's all about how is this going to glorify God? How is this going to glorify God? How is God going to get his credit that he lives in me and that I am being led by his spirit to raise up godly grandchildren. This is a great message before the holidays, right? How are you going to glorify God in front of that family in a few days? Amen? How are you going to glorify God? When he heals your body, he gets the glory. When, when he, that you're still here is to God's, to God's glory. Man, I looked up that stuff you had. 
Then she said, William Bah, quick, quick trip to heaven. <laughs> but God wants his glory. It's like, Lord, I'm not afraid to die, but I'm not letting the devil pick the time or the way. Satan, you are not in charge of the method or the timing. Now, if you don't do what he wants you to do and obey him, don't blame him. Why did God let that happen? There was a terrible tragedy yesterday. And I'm going to just say this because y'all know me. I'm going to say this. I am so over people, how they cover things based on the skin colors involved. We need to really pray against this media that is so bent on trying to divide this nation. I don't care what color the driver was of that vehicle who had already had criminal charges and has already ran into his wife using his van or his girlfriend and domestic violence and then would get behind the wheel with that kind of devil in him and plow through a group of people. Amen. And that probably all those people because of the town they were in or most of those people, all the ones who died were white. Well, it has nothing to do with black and white. It has to do with a demonized man who would use his, who would let a devil take over in his thinking because he's upset and mad and the devil would use him to plow into those people. And that part of the media doesn't touch it right now and come into any kind of, you know, they were all over it till they found out the skin colors involved. It would be good if God just takes all of those media out of business. Amen. It would just be really good if he, and then the same, I'll just say this, at the same time, all these different court cases, and we got really good scriptures about court cases. I don't care what color your skin is. And if you're walking around looking at an empty, do you know how many people went in the house that John and I bought when it was vacant and nobody was there? Tons. None of them were then Chased down by rednecks and shot and murdered. Amen? I don't care if it was three non-rednecks and people of the same skin color of who the kid was that they decided they were going to kill because they wouldn't listen to him. It would still be a horrific, violent crime against a human being and a young person. Amen? You'd, sometimes you don't even have to hear you don't want to hear the lies from the court, but I heard these people themselves in their testimonies. Amen? So we need to be praying, God, we want God to show mercy because we want mercy. But God, bring forth justice. Bring forth justice. It should never come down to who's going to get mad with justice. Amen? Amen? It should be where is justice? How, how do you want justice? What if this were your child? Or could be your child. Then what if these were the people in your family? Well, I would say we need to pray for those people in those families. We need to see the true spirit of, of racism destroyed. Amen? And we need to begin to quit being people about, you know, who we can shoot because they're doing something maybe wrong. And then vilifying each other. We need to get free from vilifying. That's a really bad demon. Anyway, there's my political stand for the night because y'all know I can't go for a whole night without sharing. <sighs> I'm just, somebody needs to be the voice over the airwaves, right? Amen? We're supposed to shout it from the rooftops. And I already told you how I felt about the other one. That was my Sunday's message. Amen? We need to deal with rebellion in the hearts. We need to quit 
the part of this rebellious thing happened in our society. We need to refuse to make a decision based on people's skin color, no matter what else is going on. Amen. And if it's in our heart to make a decision based on skin color, we need some deliverance. Period. Amen. And when we all start standing up and the church starts coming together, they're not going to be able to do this. And they're already losing. They are already losing because now we have media that records the whole thing and you can hear it yourself. And you have some people, thank God, who will tell you what is in our constitution and what isn't and what the laws are and what the laws aren't. Amen? And how many know no matter what, everybody's going to get justice unless they're covered by the blood of Christ and then we get mercy? Amen? So we want everybody to find God, no matter what situation that they find God. Amen? All right. That has nothing to do with... But we do see rebellion. We are living in a time, the Bible calls, where lawlessness... What's lawlessness? Lawlessness is blatant rebellion. Who makes the laws? God. When he talks about lawlessness, he's talking about his laws. People coming against his laws. We have an entire nation that has a government that upholds lawlessness. Abortion is lawlessness. Well, it's not against the law. It's against God's law. I'm not really concerned about the other laws. Amen? Because if I'm led by the Spirit of God, he will show me how to live within the laws of the country that I'm living in. Amen? For his purposes and his glory. But if I go against his laws, then I'm lawless. And it doesn't matter who writes down laws that are lawless. Amen? What does God have to say? So remember this. When we're born again, we can now say, what does God have to say? How does he want us to do this? So we go back. The first place that you blatantly went against what you thought was right is where rebellion really came in and began to create you. So the first place you came against, you could have been a little kid and maybe it wasn't even wrong, but you thought it was wrong because your parents said it was wrong. Amen. Then guess what? What does the Bible say? Do you get what the Bible says? If you can't do something in faith, it's sin. And, and you'll never be able to really sin in faith. Well, let me say that one again. You can act as if God doesn't care if people fornicate because that was just what they said back then. I promise you, you cannot fornicate in faith. You cannot look at pornography in faith. Amen. You cannot get drunk in faith. You cannot get high in faith. I mean, you can get high in faith, but you cannot get high on drugs in faith. Amen? Do you get what I'm saying? You can't do those things in faith. Faith is a spiritual substance. God says anything you do that you can't do in faith is sin. What's sin? Rebellion against God. Amen? To him's given much, much is required. Some people don't know things are sin yet. The culture wants to make sure nobody knows what sin is. All right. So with all that said, what is the answer to this rebellion? Rebellion will close your spiritual ears 
and your spiritual eyes. You can come to church. You can get saved. doesn't say it closes your spirit, okay? In other words, God can still get in if you ask him to come in in faith, amen? If you got, ask God to come into your heart in, in faith, believe him with your heart that he is who he says he is, amen, that he died for your sins, believe in all those things, he will come into your heart by faith, amen? Amen? But if you still have rebellion, unconfessed sin and rebellion in your heart and you're not agreeing with God, amen, then it closes your spiritual ears and your spiritual eyes. It, which, which means I can't operate in the spirit realm because I have not dealt with this rebellion. Does everybody, it's called a spirit stupor. You're going to see it in a minute. Let's read this. So then I asked this question. This is, and this is in the um, Passion Translation. Did God really push aside and reject his own people? Absolutely not. Okay, so if you feel like God has rejected you, that's a lie. Some of you have. Some of you feel like, well, God rejects me because everybody else can hear God. Everybody else can have experiences. Everybody else. And so deep down, you feel rejected. God cannot reject you. Say it. God cannot reject me. Forgive me, God, for believing you rejected me. You can't reject me. Therefore, it's a lie that Satan gave me to feel rejected, to feel hopeless. I break the power of that in Jesus' name. Amen? All right. For I myself, now he's talking, um, this is Paul talking. I am a Jew. I'm a descendant from Abraham. I'm from the tribe of Benjamin. God has not rejected his chosen destined people. Okay, let me, we're going to put this in terminology for today. Where he's saying, um, I'm a Jew, I'm a descendant of Abraham from the tribe of Benjamin. What would we say? I'm born again of the spirit of the living God. I accepted Jesus Christ in my heart when I was seven, whatever your age is, when you accepted him. I was filled with his Holy Spirit. I know that he's real. He's changed my life. I would not be who I am today. I promise you, I would not be preaching in this church today if God hadn't saved me. Amen. You're like, we wouldn't be sitting here, right? Right? It's like I have a changed life because I have been saved. Therefore, God has not rejected his chosen. Amen? Amen? If I'm born again, I'm chosen. And God will not reject us. We're destined. Where are we destined for? Heaven. Eternity with God thousand years on the earth reign wherever God wants us to be amen haven't you heard Elijah's testimony in the scriptures and how he praised the God agonizing over Israel Lord they've murdered your prophets they've demolished your altars now I'm the only one left and they want to kill me but what was the revelation God spoke to him in response okay what is Elijah there having a pity party he's having a pity party Amen. He's rejecting the truth of who God is. Amen. So the devil hits you with this or the devil hits you with that. Devil can be really mean. Does anybody know that? He really likes to kill people. 
He likes to torture people. He likes to destroy relationships. He likes to keep you feeling condemned. All of it's to steal God's glory. All of it is to make you rebel against God and not trust God. So you need to repent for agreeing with the devil's plan. Amen. I mean, we're sitting here in politics and we look at, and your eyes are like, can't they see that? Can't they see what's going on? Can't they see how wrong these people are who are trying to lead us? Can't they see it? And the truth is they can't because they've been, they've been blinded by a political spirit. Well, God is going to show us in a minute where you get blindness from when you can't see things correct in the spirit. And, and taking on a counterfeit isn't the answer hyper spirituality false spirituality all the stuff you see i mean devil make people shake rattle and roll now holy spirit does too amen i'm a shake and rattle and roll in person myself but i've also seen people shake rattle and roll it has nothing to do with god so it's not by the signs and wonders that you know you belong to him that's somebody who's rejected god he hasn't rejected them but they think so so they'll do anything to prove they're not rejected okay you cannot do anything to prove you're not rejected. He died on the cross because you're not rejected. Amen? He's already done it. He will never prove to you he loves you by healing you. He already proved to you he loves you when he died for your sins. He's not going to do more than what he's already done because what he's already done is perfect. You don't have a sickness on your body. You didn't lose a child prematurely. You didn't go through a, an addiction issue you, you couldn't get free from because God's rejecting you. It's because Satan has set you up with stuff, amen, and you did not know or choose not to or whatever be led by the spirit of the living God in obedience to get to the victory. Can I get an amen? amen. There's no condemnation in Christ. There's no condemnation in Christ. I'm not bad because my daughter died prematurely. I'm not changing the word and saying it was her time and God needed her in heaven. My God's not needy. Amen. And anybody who's had seven-year-olds help you do something? That would make for a pretty needy God now, wouldn't it? <laughs> do you know how much quicker God could do this whole earth thing if we weren't involved? <laughs> but that's not his plan. Amen? Because he's, up, he's out for something different. He's looking for relationship. He's looking for who is looking for him. He's drawing close to those who draw close to him. And even when the enemy attacks us, if we choose to draw close to God instead of reject God or feel like God's rejected us, he's going to teach us his ways. Amen. We're going to count it all joy, even the worst of things. How amazing is God? All right. So we don't want the pity party. So anybody who's ever had a pity party, ready? We're going to repent from the pity party because that's rebellion against God. Say, Lord Jesus, forgive me for ever blaming you, thinking you weren't faithful, wondering why you rejected me, all the other lies that I took on and deep down became bitter against you. Forgive me, God. Satan comes to kill, steal, and destroy. 
It says so in your word. And yet I blamed you. Please forgive me. With all my heart, forgive me. And set me free from that rebellion and that pride against you and that agreement with the enemy. I command bitterness to leave me now. In Jesus' name. God, you make all things new. In Jesus' name, amen. You know, Sunday, the word that just kept coming when I prophesied over people was, he makes all things new. 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 When he died and he paid that price, he did it to make you a new creation in Christ Jesus. He made it so every old demonic thing had to bow its knee when you let Christ in. Sickness has to bow its knee. Mental illness has to bow its knee. Amen? Um, <clears throat> Every kind of guilt has to bow its knee. Every kind of bondage has to bow its knee. Every single lie has to bow. Everything of self-hate has to bow its knee. Amen? Every single thing. You've got to quit agreeing with the devil against who God says you are. Amen? And you've got to quit changing who God is in your thinking. Who you think he is has nothing to do with who he is. But who he is in his word is who he is. Amen? He changes not. All right. Is this helping anybody? So we don't want the pity parties. 11.4. But what was the, Romans 11.4. But what was the revelation that God spoke to him in response? <laughs> don't have the pity party, right? You are not alone. For I have preserved a remnant for myself, 7,000 others who are faithful and have refused to worship Baal. This is where, this is where God would respond to you with truth. For me, Cindy, I do, not, I do not need a seven-year-old child in heaven. I did not kill your daughter. Satan comes to kill, steal, and destroy. I come to give life and give it abundantly. I will take what was meant for evil and I will turn it to good. I remember telling me, he says, I'm going to turn this to so much good that people will say, I did it on purpose. But I want you to know, I never do evil. Amen. But how big is a God that, he, that people are confused about him in the sense that he takes the worst things and makes them so good that people who don't understand him and his ways actually think he must have done the bad thing. And you know what? They can think what they want, but you got to read the word. He can't participate in evil. God does not participate in evil. He's not participating in cancer. He's not participating in... He's not using it as a punishment. Amen. Mm. He already took your punishment. He already took your punishment. He already took your punishment. And the punishment he took makes whatever you're going through look like nothing. Going to hell, being separated from the Father in complete, utter despair and darkness to the point of bleeding from your own head for all the agony torment and anxiety makes what you're going through look like nothing he already took the punishment for any single thing that you've done wrong missed or believed a lie about that let satan get into your life to cause problems it's already been paid for amen 
It's awesome to repent when you realize it. It's great to agree with God. And then what do you do? After I repent and I agree with God, which is what repentance really is, what do I do? I kick the devil out who came in to punish me for something he lined up for me to do. The hate he caused, the bitterness he caused, the lies he caused, the political mess he caused. And then, then he wants me to blame God for all that mess. And the sad thing is most of the people have and most of the church have. Instead of waking up and repenting for believing the lie and thanking God for healing, thanking God for paying the price, breaking the power of believing the criticism Satan has brought against you and the self, who are you to be a self-critic? Who are you to tell you that you aren't any good? Who are you to tell you that you aren't pretty? Who are you to tell you that you'll never mount anything? Who are you to tell you anything? Can I get an Amen. Repent for it. Lord, we repent for criticizing ourselves. We're made in your image and your likeness. And every area of our life that doesn't line up with who you have for us to be, we give that area to you to take care of. In Jesus' name. And then what do we do? Obey him. Amen. Obey him. Obey him. Obey him means crucify the flesh. Amen? Obey him means get up out of that bed and do what he's telling you instead of sitting there and moaning and groaning about poor you. Amen? Obey him might mean don't even buy that in the grocery store so you don't have to fight putting it in your mouth in your house. Amen? Just obey him. Next time you're shopping down the road, should I get this, Lord? Amen. Amen. Think how different everything would be in every one of our lives if we obeyed him every single time. And we quit, be, we quit being led by the flesh. And then we quit giving the enemy access to our flesh, which causes us to end up in a mess. Running this way and that way and this way and that way. Just stop it. Just repent, get rid of rebellion, and obey him. He may take a while to get you out of your mess because you took a while to get you in it. Amen? Amen? You may not wake up extremely healthy in the morning because you repented of not being healthy for the last 40 years. Well, I already repented of that. Well, dang, it took you 40 years to get in such bad shape. It might take over a week to get you out of it. Amen? It took a long time to get people so depressed and so beat down. Am I saying God can't do it instantly? He can. But, you know, I've heard of those anointings that you go and people leave 20 pounds lighter. You know, I, I haven't seen them continue. I just wonder, I think... Yeah, I'm not going to say, I'm not saying he can't do that. I know one thing, if you wanted to make money, well, maybe 20 pounds might be a little too much for a few people, but, but um, <laughs> I'm just saying, you know, go where God shows you to go. Do, don't follow what man wants you to follow, especially if they want a lot of money for it. Amen? Lord, just show me what to do. Show me what to do. Think of it this way. This isn't about where I'm at. Okay, let me get this. Okay, get this, get this, get this. This isn't about where the lies and the rebellion has gotten me to. 
Amen? This is about obeying God from now on to get out of it. Okay, there were lies, there were generational curses, and there were rebellion that opened the door for the enemy to attack my son. Amen? Because one believing spouse sanctifies the children and makes them holy. One. It doesn't take the husband and the wife both right. It just takes one of them to stand in agreement with God for their child. Amen? So quit pointing at the other person. And get out of the doctrine that makes you point at the other person. That's so divisive. Amen? But recognize, I have a God who has the power to heal the sick and raise the dead. And I have that God living inside of me. And if the enemy is moving with power in my life to destroy me, to destroy my health, my relationships, my whatever, then somewhere along the line, there's something still rebellious that's not in agreement with God. Amen? Now, I'm going to rise up in agreement with God. I'm not going to live in condemnation. I'm going to say, forgive me, God. Break it off. Get the rebellion out. It's over. Amen? I'm not, I don't want you to go to your past to have a pity party. Amen? I want you to grab Jesus and say, let's go deal with this thing. Because you made all things new. I'm agreeing with you. The enemy has no authority in my life anymore. I am a new creation in Christ Jesus. There's a big key in that. I may be a new creation, but if I don't stay in Christ Jesus, I'm back to the old flesh. Amen? And the Bible's clear. If I sow to the flesh, I'm going to reap from the flesh. Amen? But if I sow to the things of the kingdom, if I walk in the things of God, amen? If I, and I'm not talking about um, self-righteousness. I'm talking, I read the Bible every day. Well, good. So what? Do you really hang out with the one who wrote it and let him explain it to you? Do you actually listen to who he says to listen to on YouTube or what else so he can build up your spirit? Amen. Is everybody getting this? Mm. Anything that's not led by the spirit of God is rebellion. One of the biggest problems is... <laughs> Most of us think we can do what we want anytime we want. And it's not going to affect anything. Can I go further to say, why would you do what you want when doing what God wants is so much smarter and more fun? And he takes care of you? He's amazing. He's just amazing. I say it all the time. I seriously, wait, something happens every day. It didn't have to be, I said, God, you're so amazing. You're just so good. You know, I'll, I'll sit here, I'll preach, you know, tonight or whatever, and I'll listen to worship music on my way home, maybe talk to somebody a little bit. And that, when I sit in my parking, in my driveway, I put that worship music on before going. Sometimes I'm out there another who knows how long. I, it's, I can't leave it, the song, Lord, you're so good. Look at those stars. Oh, God, you're so awesome. Oh, God, you're so good. See, that's a heart of worship. I'm not here because of a paycheck. I promise you that. And I'm not here because I want somebody to hear me talk. I talk so much. I don't need people to hear me talk all that much. You, know, you can go listen to hours of teaching. I don't have to verb open my mouth again, and you can still hear me talk. It, it, it's I'm, I want to glorify him. I tell the Lord every day, every single day almost, God, I just want to do what you want me to do with the rest of my life. 
If other people don't understand that, I don't care. That's between you and them. Amen. I just want to do what you want me to do with the rest of my life. I just want to glorify you. Amen. I want people to know that I know you and my life is like this because I know you so that they'll want to know you. Not so that they'll want to know me. Amen. Get, get rid of the thinking that I got to be healed so they'll all get saved. People get healed all the time and the families don't get saved. They get straight out miracles. That's not why God's going to heal you. He's going to heal you because you have faith to believe he is who he says he is. And when people see what that faith looks like, some of them are going to want to know you're God. And some aren't. Even when Jesus rules and reigns on the earth for a thousand years in perfect ministry, complete truth, Complete justice. Satan is locked away. And that, that's going to be something, isn't it? We will see what human beings without the influence of Satan will be like for a thousand years. And some of them still rebel and turn on him and go and follow the devil at the end of it. Amen? So what does that prove? That proves that even without the devil influence, there are some people who don't want God. Amen? But don't be one of those people. Don't be one of those people. Pray for people you know to not be one of those people. Amen? All right. So God says to him, you are not alone. Go to 11.5, Romans 11.5. And that is one example of what God is doing in the age of fulfillment. For God, grace empowers his chosen remnant. All right, I want everybody here to hear this. God's grace empowers you as his remnant. You are his remnant. That means you are his chosen people hearing his truth and his word, and he's going to take care of you. Amen? Amen? It's by his grace. His grace empowers his chosen remnant. You can't empower yourself. It's his grace, his supernatural, everything he is, all his power, everything he has and everything he wants to do to pour into you the promises he's given you for his glory. Amen? God wants you healed. God wants your children saved. God wants you to be blessed. He does. He wants you to prosper. He does. He want God gets the glory when you come in agreement with him and you, led by him, makes the devil bow his knee. Quit being shy about it. If you're blatant sin, stop. Amen? If you're blatant sin, you got to stop. You're playing with fire, to be quite honest. But if you're not in blatant sin, then start giving the, get the devil under your feet. Let him know you rebuke him in Jesus' name. Don't be afraid of him and don't be shy. And don't buy his lies. Wait, who are you to say this? Who is he to say that to you? Who is he to talk to you at all? Why do you let him talk to you at all? Don't. Punish him every time he tries. If he goes, uh, just stop him right there. <laughs> Lord, give whatever demon that gave me that thought the punishment of Satan. But you know, give that demon the punishment of Satan. Well, give that demon the punishment. The devil be like, why talk to her? She won't even listen. I'll get one all in, and next thing I know, I get the punishment of Satan. I'm not messing with that. The truth is it's the truth. It works. By faith. By faith, I actually believe that Satan is more afraid of me than I am of him. 
I'm not outside of grace. Forget it. Outside of faith. Forget it. Outside of God being my dad. Outside of Christ being the bridegroom king. Forget it. I'm no match at all for Lucifer. But with God in me and hidden in Christ, he had, he's just a loser. Amen. He has no authority except what I give him. And I'm not giving him any. And I ask God, heal my heart, God. Make me whole, God. Deliver me from things I don't even know that are wrong yet. Amen? How many of the Holy Spirit goes, okay, get ready. <laughs> when you pray that prayer, can I just give you one thing I'm pretty sure about? He doesn't go, oh, there's nothing left. <laughs> Princess, hey, there's nothing. He goes, okay, I'm glad you asked. <laughs> Maybe we'll try this on Thanksgiving Day. <laughs> you know? This will be a good time. All right. He goes on. Okay, where are we at? Up a little bit. I don't know how it got down. Okay. 11.6, Romans 11.6. And since it is by God's grace, it is not because of your good works. Otherwise, it wouldn't be a gift of grace, but it would be earned by human effort. So that's what we're talking about. You obey. Your only effort is to obey. And then he'll give you the grace to obey. He'll give you the grace to know what to obey. He'll give you his supernatural input in the whole thing for him to come out looking good. Amen. It goes on. Israel failed to achieve what it had strived for, but the divinely chosen remnant receives it by grace while the rest were hardened. Here we go. The rest were hardened and unable to receive the truth. We want to ask God to soften our hearts. We do not want to have hardened hearts. A hardened heart is a result of bitterness towards God, which is a result of feeling rejected, whether it's by a parent, whether it's by parents who weren't even there. It could be by a spouse. It could be by friends. It's a strong spirit of rejection that makes you think God has rejected you. Amen. And something bad happens. Let me tell you this. Every time something evil happens and you think it was God or you think God failed you, there is a bitterness that gets in. Amen. That's all bitterness goes back to God. It's a root of evil. Amen. So we have to break the power of that by getting to truth. Okay. When I hear people say they did everything right. Do y'all know we can't do everything right? Amen. We, we have to walk by grace. We have to walk in faith, empowered by grace and obedience. Most people don't even understand the things of God. Most people have never taken seriously, seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. Most people are infants who should be beyond inventory infants by now. And because of that, they are having consequences of Satan attacking. Amen. So because Israel would not listen to Jesus Christ as Lord because they missed their time of visitation. It says they were hardened and not able to receive the truth. So everybody say, Lord Jesus, forgive me for not receiving your truth. In any area of my life where I did not receive your truth, I ask you to forgive me, soften my heart, so that I can receive your truth. Holy Spirit, I open up my heart to receive truth. And I renounce my opinions. I renounce my intellectual thinking. 
that's tried to make my own way. And I want truth. All your truth. Everybody your truth. I want to be able to receive it. It goes on. Now listen to this. Just as it is written, God gave them a spirit of deep slumber. He closed their eyes to the truth and prevented their ears from hearing up to this very day. That is the spirit. Okay? It's a spirit of slumber that comes on people who rebel against God. So every woman who's murdered her own baby in her womb and had to sear her conscience to do it, especially Christian women who knew it was wrong, they take on a spirit of slumber. It's a demon that comes on them to say, okay, you wouldn't listen to God on this. You went against your own heart and what God put in your heart about right and wrong. Therefore, you cannot hear him. You cannot see him anymore. And then what happens when that happens and you're in the church? You become religious. You listen to sermon after sermon that doesn't have anything to do with God's word or his nature or his power. You begin to, you're okay with the choirs, you're in the choirs are fine if you love the spirit. In, a, in other words, you are now in a social club of people who are angry at God, not agreeing with God, thinking God messed up somehow with bitterness. And because of that rebellion against God and who he is, and we have a whole culture trying to push this, amen. We have lots of parts of the church pushing this, amen. What happens? They can't hear or see the true God. Amen. Does that make sense? So then, then what happens? I rebelled against God and his ways. I hardened my heart against his truth. I bought the lies and rejection got in. And now what? I can't hear God. I can't feel him. I never touch him. You get to, wait a minute. He just told you why. He just told you why. Well, if he's going to tell me why, then I can repent. Amen. And I can ask him to forgive me. And guess what? He does. Amen. He always forgives you if you repent. Amen. Always. But we have to let go of the lies we believe about ourselves. We have to get out of our pity parties completely. It doesn't matter what your ancestors went through hundreds of years ago. That does not qualify you for a pity party today. Amen. It, it doesn't matter if there's no educated people in your family or nobody who had any money or you had crazy, horrible parents. It does not qualify you for a pity party today it, when you accept Christ. Everybody should be in a pity party till they know Christ, to be quite honest. They're, some of them are all fancy and all this on their way to hell. They could have more degrees and more money and not even know what to do with it. But when they breathe their last and they're sitting there in flames of fire, they're going to kind of wish they had awakened and listened to the church. Amen? That's all that matters. Everything else is like a vapor, the Bible says. Amen? But you don't want to live disconnected from hearing and seeing in the spirit realm. Amen? You want to hear and know what Holy Spirit is leading you so you can obey him. Amen? And you cannot settle for just reading the word and there be no spirit on it because you're the one who has a spirit of slumber through, reject, through feeling rejected and handling it by saying, I don't care. Amen? Or blaming God. Everyone in this room, everyone watching, everyone listening, 
If you accept Jesus Christ in your, Lord, in your heart as Lord, if you ask him to forgive you of your sin, if you ask him to please cover all of your sin by his blood, thank you, Jesus, for dying for me. You are sinless, yet you became as a man. You came in the flesh to take my place in hell. You came in the flesh to take my place of being separated from God because you love me so much and you wanted to take my punishment. How good are you, God? Amen. How good is that? Do you all know how good that is? Do you know how many people don't know that and they're burning in hell now forever and ever and they never had to go there? But they wouldn't break off rebellion. Now, because he did all that, by, what did he do after that? He went to the Father and he sent the Holy Spirit. Okay, I want you to get this. He sent the Holy Spirit. What kind of spirit? The Holy Spirit. Why is he called holy? Because there's no evil in him, and he is every much a part of God. And Holy Spirit comes into our unholy little selves and begins to kick all the unholy stuff out because he wants us to be holy. When we want to be holy, he says, I want to be holy because God is holy. I don't want to be rebellious. I want to be holy. I want to be led of God. I want to believe what God says. I want every unholy thing out of me. Amen? Does anybody want every unholy thing out of you? I just want it out. I just want it out. His blood makes sure that you've already been punished for it. <laughs> Amen? His blood makes sure. Now, his authority is what? His authority is his spirit living inside of you. I want everybody to get this. Break the lie that the Holy Spirit in you is not more powerful than the unholy crud in you. Just recognize what's unholy and quit agreeing with it, even if you got it off of the tree of the knowledge of good. Amen? I don't want anything except for what God wants for me. I only want the relationships he wants for me. I only want the calling he has for me. I only want the family he has for me. I only want what he has for me. And I don't want to settle for anything less than what he has for me. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. They're going to serve him. I don't care what it might look like. They're going to serve the Lord. I'm going to say it. I'm going to believe it. I'm going to talk to him about it. <laughs> Amen. Find the scriptures of the promises. All right. All right. So we want to, this is where we're going to stop. This is what I want us to get to. We want to get free from the spirit of slumber or deep slumber. Basically, it is a demonic spirit that blocks your spirit man. Amen? It, it puts a blockage between your spirit man. I believe it's between your spirit man and your soul. So in, at your heart, there's a hardening of your heart. Amen? There's a blockage that refuses to get out of the way so that your soul can connect with your spirit that's born again, amen, and produce faith. I want you to see this before we pray about this. For some people, 
There is, now look, if you take on a counterfeit, if you take on a hyper-spirituality, if you take on witchcraft, if you take on something fake, amen? Because you, you don't hear God yourself or you don't feel God's presence yourself or you don't see in the spirit realm yourself, you don't want to take on a counterfeit there, amen? So let's break that off. Say, Lord Jesus, I only want the Holy Spirit. I only want the Holy Spirit in my heart and in my spirit. I only want the Holy Spirit connecting me to the things of God. I only want the Holy Spirit. And I renounce and I repent and I turn away from any spirit that I let in or a generational curse brought in to counterfeit the Holy Spirit. Father, forgive me for thinking you rejected me. Father, forgive me for believing lies and rebelling against you. God, forgive me for any blatant rebellion against you. Forgive me, God, for turning to any false religion and letting those spirits get in to take your place. God, forgive me for turning to any kind of drugs or alcohol, especially any drugs that would work in my imagination to take your place in what is my spirit mind. God, I want you alone to be in charge of my spirit, my spiritual eyes, my spiritual mind, my spiritual ears. I want you alone, God. And I command in the name of Jesus Christ, every trespassing spirit and the spirit of slumber to loose me now in the name of Jesus. You are to bow your knee to the name of Jesus. He took my punishment for believing you. He took my punishment for agreeing with you. And I thank him for it. What a merciful God. What a glorious redeemer. What a faithful God. And now in agreement with him and his word and his spirit, I command the spirit of slumber to completely loose me and set me free that my spirit and my heart can come in agreement with the mind of Christ, with the word of God. Forgive me, God, forever settling for anything less than the fullness of who you are and wanting all that you have for my life. Forgive me, God, for trying to substitute what I thought I wanted instead of believing for what you had for me. I choose to agree with you about every single promise, every single thing, and any devil that's inside of my thinking, inside of my body, has got to bow its knee. Lord, from this moment on, by your grace, I am going to make a choice to believe you and your word every time and call everything else a liar. I thank you, God. This is a brand new day. This is a brand new day. And you're going to do this thing. In Jesus' name. Now, if you love this teaching, then you better say you love this teaching. 
then we want you to check out our web at beautyforashes.org. There is so much teaching there, and there's a resource uh, library there. And also, check out my Facebook page at Cindy Foster Beauty for Ashes Ministry. We'd love you to partner with us and come along for the ride into the apostolic. God bless you. 